Good evening. Hi, Cheryl here. It's uh, this time for this week's Facebook Live. And it's, I'm here in pitch black, Massachusetts. <laughs> it's dark. There's a little sliver of a moon, which is quite beautiful, actually. And um, I'm here tonight to spend a little time with you, maybe talk about the holidays and offer you some coaching and support like I usually do. So I'm going to wait a couple of minutes for people to join. Hi, Terry. And hi, Teresa. Welcome to both of you. Thanks for being here. And hi, Linda. Welcome to you. Thanks for being here. And Carol, welcome. Hi, Ev. Welcome. And Jess, glad that you're here. And um, yeah, Jess, top fan. <laughs> I love how Facebook does that. Hi, Jess, top fan. I appreciate that. Um, and Angela, welcome to you. And Emil. Emile, thank you. Bonjour. Uh, Pia, welcome to you. Happy holidays. Yes, we are in full swing with the holidays, aren't we? Um, hi, Sharon from Canada and Elaine. Welcome to you. And um, Musiri, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. Musiri, I hope I am. And Mariana, welcome. Merry, merry to you. And hi, Sheila. Welcome to you, dear. And Natalie and uh, Elena. Hello there. I know somebody said the last Facebook Live I did, they said um, it sounded like romper room. Do you remember that? I don't know. For those of you in the States, when I was a young girl, there was um, Miss Jean on romper room who had a mirror, like or it looked like a mirror, and she would say hi, and um, you would wait for her to say your name because you actually, you know, you believed that she could see you through this mirror. It was really sweet. Um, I think she said Cheryl once. I remember that, but hi, Scott. Glad that you're here from Texas and Claudia and um, Sarah and Julie and uh, Andrea. Welcome to you. And hi, Kim and Rachel from sh in Chicago now. Hmm, that's interesting. Uh, I, have you moved there, Rachel? Um, and Joyce, welcome to you. And Bradley, hi, I'm glad you're here. And Leah and Tracy and Billy from Arizona, where it's probably a lot warmer than it is here. <laughs> And Joanne. Anyway, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm here to spend a little time with you. If you have a question or something you uh, would like some support with, you want to um, maybe just type it into the comment section right now. And I'm going to, I'm going to talk for just a few minutes while you do that. And then I'll take a look at the comments. When you type your question uh, into the comments, do me a favor, do yourself a favor and copy it because sometimes Facebook won't let me scroll back and you may need to go ahead and post it again in the comments section so that I get to see it. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, by the way, can you see my Christmas tree in the back? I should point, is it? No, that way, there we go, right there. Oops, it's, it's so hard when I'm, I'm on the, um, the camera. I mean, backwards, there it is right there, see it? And you can't really see it that well, but this year we have a Christmas tree up and the house is decorated. Last year we didn't do it because we were in the throes of grief and, and um, just decided we were going to sit Christmas out. This year it's really nice to feel a bit festive again and to have the house decorated. It feels really warm and um, it's nice having a tree. I like trees. So um, before I take your questions and offer some coaching, I want to share with you what I think is an awesome Christmas gift. If you have somebody left that you need to buy for, um, I want to just tell you about this book by uh, a friend of mine who is 
one of the most special people I think I've ever met in all of my life, um, probably because we share a love of animals. And um, she has an understanding and a connection to animals that few people do. And she has just published it. Actually, I think it came out, I think in October, maybe November. But um, I wanted to hold it for Christmas because it's just such a great gift. It's by Cy Montgomery. And it's a book called How to Be a Good Creature. So can you see that okay? There we go. How to Be a Good Creature by Cy Montgomery. A Memoir in 13 Animals. So first of all, I love the title. I love the illustrations in the book. It's illustrated by Rebecca Green. And, um, and I love the subtitle. Cy has written this book. There's 13 chapters about 13 different animals that had a profound influence, a profound impact on her life. There are her friends, and there's chapters about dogs, her pig, Christopher. Um, some of you may recognize Cy Montgomery's name from her book, The Good Good Pig, which was a big bestseller. And um, then she wrote The Soul of an Octopus, which was also just an amazing book. If you've not read that, you might want to check that out. And um, she includes emus, octopus, hens, I mean, all different kinds of animals that she has had personal relationships with and what they taught her. As a matter of fact, I'm going to just read you, I want to read you the, um, the flap, the inside flap. It says, understanding someone who belongs to another species can be transformative. Boy, is that true for those of us who have had animals, have had the absolute pleasure of having animals share our lives, right? No one knows this better than author, naturalist, and adventurer Cy Montgomery. To research her books, Cy has traveled the world and has encountered some of the planet's rarest and most beautiful animals, like pink dolphins and tigers and man-eating tigers. I think it was in India. I can't remember, but she's one brave cookie, can I tell you? Um, from tarantulas to tigers, Cy's life continually intersects with and is informed by the creatures she meets. This memoir reflects on the personalities and quirks of 13 animals, size friends, and the truths um, revealed by their grace. It also explores vast themes, the otherness and sameness of people and animals, the various ways we learn to love and become empathetic, which to me is one of the most important reasons to rescue animals and to get rescued animals into um, the hands of human beings is because animals teach us to be loving and empathetic. Um, how we find our passion, how we create our families, coping with loss and despair, gratitude, forgiveness, and most of all, how to be a good creature in the world. Such a smart book. And I remember talking to Sai when she was working on it and um, being so excited to get the book and to read it. And it's just, it's, you know, it's the perfect book to give somebody in your life, maybe yourself, <laughs> who loves animals and can appreciate, um, just can appreciate somebody who's a beautiful writer and uh, a beautiful soul and somebody who connects with animals in ways that few people do. I was so lucky. Um, there's a chapter in the book about two octopuses, and it's octopuses, by the way. I learned this from Sai. It's not octopi. It's octopuses, um, Athena and Octavia. Uh, I was so lucky to, when I, I read The Soul of an Octopus and then 
I met Sai through a mutual friend, and she took us to the New England Aquarium where I had a chance to meet an octopus, <laughs> be sort of hold hands with an octopus, which was just an amazing experience. They are very strong, smart creatures and beautiful, really beautiful. I also, um, so she took us there to meet these octopuses and to have a behind the scenes tour of um, some of the animals and um, some of the animals at the aquarium. That's where I had a once in a lifetime opportunity. And I do mean once in a lifetime opportunity to touch an electric eel. I remember we were in the back and there was this giant electric eel it was about this big around and um, he was in his habitat and uh, the gentleman who was taking us around said, said to us, would you like to experience an electric eel? And I thought, oh, I don't know, that feels pretty scary to me. And I remember Sai saying, okay, when is anybody in your life going to ever ask you that question? And I thought, she's right. Like, when am I ever going to get an invitation to interact with an electric eel? So I said, yes. And I was really scared. And um, the eel was swimming around. And I remember it came toward me. And I just put my hand into the water. And I went to what I think was just run my hand along its body. But the truth is there's kind of a field, an energetic field outside of an electric eel so that you just touch the field and you get zapped. And it feel, I, I wish I could remember what I said because the first thing the uh, gentleman who was there said to me was, tell us what it felt like right now so that you remember it. <laughs> and I can't remember what I said, but I do remember feeling like it was sort of, um, it was kind of like, uh, Oh gosh, I'm trying to remember exactly what I, I said, but it was sort of like having um, like a million kisses all at once. It was just this like, like, or a million puffs of air all at once just go through your body. It was a really, it was a powerful, like a, a jolting, <laughs> but really um, beautiful experience. And we had a wonderful day that day and I've gotten to know Sai and I love her very much. I love, I just, I love listening to her. She has this ability to talk about animals and um, this connection to animals that is so rare and I admire so much. So anyway, I just wanted you to know about her book. I'm so excited for her and um, really this is an awesome, awesome gift. How to Be a Good Creature, a memoir in 13 animals. I mean, who writes a memoir um, using animals as their inspiration and guide? Only Cy Montgomery would do that. So pick up a copy. You won't be sorry that you did. And um, anybody in your life that loves animals will be really grateful to receive that as a gift. There's a few people I know that are going to be getting it too. So anyway, um, I wonder how you're all doing for the holidays. I hope you're not too stressed. I'm taking it easy. I was out the other day. I forget where I was. I think I was picking up something at a store. And the woman said to me, have you got all your shopping done? And I said, no, I haven't. And she said, oh my God, are you stressed? And I said, no, because I made a decision a long time ago that I wouldn't buy gifts under pressure. And that um, if I saw something that I liked and I thought of someone I loved, I would pick it up. And if I didn't have a gift for somebody and I saw them, I would say, I love you. You know, I love you. And when I see a gift that I know is perfect for you, I'll get it. In the meantime, Let's share an experience together, a meal, a walk, a hike, whatever it might be. So I just don't want to stress about those things anymore. And I hope that you're not either. I hope that you're really able to be open and 
um, available to spontaneity, you know, spontaneous encounters and miracles and just beautiful experiences over the holiday. And I know for some of us, the holidays are a difficult time. I know last year they were difficult for me. I just had lunch with um, a woman who lost her husband five months ago. And she was saying that her children wanted her to put up a tree and, you know, really felt that she needed to decorate. And she said, you know, I just don't feel like doing that. And I said to her, you're in the throes of grief right now. Give yourself permission to just not do anything you don't want to do. Unlike last year, I had no desire to celebrate the holidays. I couldn't muster a good feeling if my life depended on it because we had just lost our little cat and we were really devastated by that. And she just lost her husband. And, you know, he spent every day with her. They were together for 63 or 64 years. I said to her, my goodness, you know, those we love are worthy of our grief. and. Um, and we, good self-care is allowing yourself to not celebrate the holidays if you don't want to, not doing a damn thing you don't want to do. That's good self-care. And hopefully the people in your life will understand. <clears throat> and if they don't now, they will at some point because they'll experience the same thing. And you're going to need to, um, you're going to need to really uh, take a stand for yourself, right? Good self-care, take a stand for yourself. And yes, also um, I see, um, Somebody just mentioned, um, I wanted to mention too, you know, I want to throw my hat in the ring in terms of um, if there's a midlife woman in your life who's really questioning things or priorities, what she wants to do with the next stage of her life, who she is at this time in her life, um, how to deal with kind of, you know, feeling like you're in limbo in between stages of life, then I hope you'll also consider giving a copy of uh, Waking Up in Winter, my latest book which is a memoir about what really matters at midlife. I would love for you to check that out as well as a potential gift. So, all right, it's time for you and to support you and to offer some advice and um, some, <clears throat> I don't know, some guidance. We'll see what I can do here. <laughs> I'll give it my best shot. So let's see, yeah, so Facebook's not letting me go back too far. So that means if you have a question or a situation that you would um, like some support with, make sure that when you put it in the comments section, just go back and copy it and repaste it into the comments so that I have a chance of seeing it. Um, yeah, Bridget says, um, same here, lost my dog last Christmas and did a, didn't put up a tree. Still difficult this year, but I did. Yeah, it is, you know. Somebody said to me at one point, a friend of mine who lost her partner said, you know, the grief visits, it stays for a shorter period of time, but it feels just as intense when it visits. And I have so far, I've experienced that to be true. So um, anyway, all right, let's see. Um, so Sally says, I've been, I've been overbuying over the years. How do I lessen my giving? That's a really good question, Sally. I used to overbuy as well. And I check myself all the time now. I make sure that, um, you know, I'm always, just throughout the holidays, I ask myself, how do I feel about the gifts that I'm buying and the money that I'm spending? Do I feel good about it? Do I feel anxious? Do I feel um, any kind of self-loathing about it? So first of all, just checking in, I think, is really important. And, um, and then you know, budgeting, it's a couple of things. Budgeting, you know, last, a couple of weeks ago in my weekly newsletter, I talked about um, 
giving gifts of time and experience. You know, if you're really good at organizing things, offer to organize someone's closet or someone's kitchen. Or, you know, um, if you're really good at eliminating clutter, offer to help somebody declutter something that's important to them. You know, space in their home or their office that's important to them. If you're good at web stuff, you could offer web services or... If you're great at gift wrapping, my assistant Lisa is an awesome gift wrapper. I mean, like, amazing. And she's just been wrapping gifts for me. Um, but you could give gifts of your skills or your talents as a gift and not have to spend a dime and maybe spend some great time with people. Um, you could give the gift of experience where, as I said in the newsletter, you could take someone, make some hot cocoa and take them on a ride to look at holiday lights or... Um, there's all kinds of things that we can do that don't cost a lot of money or don't cost money at all. And I think it's really reasonable to consider that. I don't know about you, but as I get older, I don't want stuff. I'm already trying to get rid of stuff in my life. I'm decluttering. I'm letting go of things. I don't want to add to that. I'd rather spend time, have a nice home-cooked meal. If, you, if you're a good cook, you know, you might even decide to cook a meal for somebody. That could be a really lovely thing to do. So. Um, and doing things like uh, budgeting, you know, just saying, okay, this is the amount of money I'm going to spend. You know, if you, if you knew you only had $20 to spend, what kind of interesting gift could you buy? You know, if you had to buy for three people and you were only spending $20, what could you do? You know, what comes to mind for me as I look at my Christmas tree back there, or I should say over there, um, a couple of years ago when my dad died in... November of 2016. Is that right? We're in the 18, 17, 16. My sister Carrie gave, gave us such a beautiful gift. She took his signature, Love Dad, that was on a card that she had, and she had it printed on a Christmas ornament. It's like a, um, I, think it's, I forget, it's like a tree or a star. I have it on the tree. So that, I think it was like a star, and it just said Love Dad in the middle. And it was his signature. We all knew it because we all got cards that said Love Dad. I'm sure it didn't cost much money at all, but it is a, such a treasured gift of mine. And every year now when I put it up on the tree, I think of her and I thank her and I certainly think of my dad. So sometimes you can just spend very little money writing somebody a beautiful card. My friend Bruce is an unbelievable card writer and we all look forward to his cards. He doesn't have to buy, buy us anything, and he does, but he doesn't have to because he just writes the most beautiful things in cards. So those are some suggestions I would recommend. And um, so anyway, I hope that's helpful, sweetheart. Let's see. Uh, again, you might want to just repost your question because Facebook is not letting me go back. Um, yeah, good. Sarah's saying they're choosing experiences for the year, which is great. Um, yeah, Jess says, grief for the holidays. I'm so scared to go through it without my cat. You know, Jess, here's what I want you to know. We survive grief. We survive grief. That's the first thing I want you to know. And you will get through this, and you're going to be okay. Let yourself cry. Let yourself feel whatever it is you feel. When we allow ourselves to have our feelings and we express those feelings, um, it it just relieves some of the pressure. You know, the interesting thing, Jess, is that there's a reason to be scared if we don't, I mean, if we 
don't feel like we can trust ourselves with our feelings, then it just makes us anxious and frightened. But knowing that you can live through a crying bout, you know, knowing that you can just have a good cry and come out the other side. You know, part of what keeps people suffering and in pain is their inability to feel their feelings. Their, um, the fear that, oh my gosh, if I start crying, I'm never going to stop. Or if I feel this anger, I'm going to, you know, break something or hurt somebody. As long as you're in a safe place, of course. And sometimes, Jess, you just want someone that you, you love to just be there with you to just witness your pain. I, I know what it's like to, um, I know what it's like to be afraid of grief. I really do. And I've learned over the last year, Jess, that just facing it head on, diving into it and allowing myself to feel it um, and sharing it. Certainly, I've had Michael to share it with. And a lot of times when I was really in pain, he would just be there and just say to me, I know, I know, sweetheart. It, yes, it is hard. I, I know you're going to get through this. Just let yourself feel what you're feeling. And then I would do the same for him. For Michael, he often would get angry when we would talk about Poupon. You know, why is he gone? It's not fair. And, you know, and the, the, those were feelings that were easier for him to access first. So, and I would just say, you're right. It sucks that he's gone. It's not fair. It's senseless. It makes no sense. And um, so just validating how you feel, both yourself validating how you feel and also having other people in your life. If there's one thing I've learned over the last year, there's a lot of things I've learned about grief, but the one thing is we really, really need loving mirrors. People who cannot try and fix it, not give us advice, not tell us we shouldn't feel that way, but just mirror the truth of how we feel in a loving way is incredibly healing. I always say, you know, people start to heal the moment they feel heard. So that's really, really important. Um, Jennifer says, and um, Jess, actually, let me just say before I do that, I'm going to just put you in my prayer book, Jess. For those of you who have been joining me, you know my red book is the prayer book. And um, I love this book. And so I'm always adding people to it. And Jess, you are now in it, my darling. You're going to be okay. I promise you, you're going to be okay. It's going to suck, but you're going to be okay. Um, let's see. Jennifer, uh, Cheryl, do you have any other self-care suggestions for the holidays? Loved waking up in winter so much. Thank you. And Facebook just took your the rest of it away. I'm sorry. Self-care ideas for the holidays. Uh, we have an unbelievable place about 10 minutes from our home called Whole Feet. You can get an hour foot massage for like $35. And it's a really great experience. Um, I, would, I, I think gifts like that, giving people gifts like that can be um, uh, gifts of self-care. I like that. Um, also, um, certainly The Art of Extreme Self-Care is a great book that a lot of women really appreciate. It's in paperback, so it's not an expensive gift at all. That's an that's a extremely popular book when it comes to self-care for women. What are some of my, oh, you know, Anne-Marie Gianni's um, uh, uh, skincare line. Love, love, love their stuff. It's what I use. Um, we'll put a link. We'll put a link to all of these things in the um, Terry, my wonderful webmaster, who's here. We'll put a link to everything I mentioned, so you'll be able to find it. Anne Marie Gianni's um, skincare line is fantastic. No chemicals. Incredibly, you know, uh, the smells are just delicious. <laughs> so delicious. And um, 
just buying somebody, for example, like the anti-aging facial oil, or they've got this really great, let me see, where is it? I had it here somewhere, because I use it as gifts too. Um, oh, I don't know where it is. Um, they have a great little gift set of their essential oils. I think that's, Jennifer, that's also a really um, good gift to consider. Um, oh, you know what else could be a great gift is uh, Nick Ortner and the Tapping Solution has a new uh, tapping app. It is awesome. For those of you who want to learn how to tap, for those of you who want to be led through a tapping protocol, you know, five minute, eight minute, 12 minute on a whole bunch of different topics, it could be an awesome gift. So if you go to iTunes, if you go to thetappingsolution.com, Terry, that's the website we can put up. Um, you can find it, you know, in the app store and it's a, you could give somebody the gift of that, a year membership. That would be an awesome gift, especially for those of you, um, uh, dealing with anxiety. If you've got family members or loved ones who are dealing with anxiety, that's a great place to, uh, a great gift, a great self-care gift. And um, I feel like there's so many, there's so many things. I'm looking around my, um, I'm looking around my, my um, office to see what kinds of self-care things. Flowers are always great. I love those. And um, crystals, beautiful crystals. I love giving crystals. I have this gorgeous amethyst um whoops there we go beautiful amethyst crystal little crystal ball that i love and so anyway those are some um suggestions for some self-care gifts uh let's see um all right here we go uh yeah joanne i suffer with a lot of anxiety sometimes quite severe wish i could learn a way of dealing with it well joanne First of all, really important to get into therapy, working specifically with a therapist who specializes in anxiety. There's a lot of different things you need to look at. You need to look at what's going on physiologically in the body, but you also have to recognize that anxiety is often a messenger. When it comes up, it's trying to tell us something. And exploring what that might be in a safe environment with a well-trained professional is smart. The tapping solution is also um, a great suggestion for uh, for dealing with anxiety. If you go to my YouTube channel, which is Cheryl Richardson TV, there's a couple of uh, tapping videos on there. One is tap away your anxiety. Just learning the, um, so I've been do using tapping for over 20 years. It's a very powerful therapy. Um, that said, I also think for some people, particularly who deal with severe anxiety, even like generalized anxiety, it's really important to, to work with a professional. You deserve that, sweetheart. You don't want to suffer in life, and you don't want to um, rob yourself of living freely and happily in life. And so there are, there are very, very good treatments and very good um, support systems in place, very good therapeutic interventions for anxiety. Don't try and deal with this on your own. It's one of those things that should not be dealt with on its own. You need the support. You deserve the support of a professional who knows what they're doing in regards to that. So um, let's see. So Mary Elizabeth says, my husband decided to leave after 32 years. Oh, I'm so sorry, sweetheart. I've done lots of deep inner work. I'm struggling with those who seem to think I need to get back out there. How do I get the well-meaning to understand I am enough just as I am and my journey is unfolding as it should? Well, you go, girl, Mary Elizabeth Babcock. 
no flaws on you. You know what's happening. Here's what you say to them. Stop saying that to me. Please don't say that again. I'm actually quite happy the way I am. Everything is happening in the right way at the right time. And I don't want to change a thing right now. So what I need is your love and support, not your suggestions. Deal? Then you just keep your mouth shut, Mary. You don't say anything else. Don't defend your position. Don't debate it. Don't open it for debate. Don't overexplain it. Just that's it. The only thing I want to add to that is this. Then you say to them, by the way, you're probably going to forget that I said this. So when you bring it up again, I'll be happy to remind you. Just like that in a very sweet voice. So when you bring it up again, I'll be happy to remind you. And then on to the next conversation. That's what I say. All right. And good for you for the inner work that you're doing. And um, I, I'm sorry, that's a huge, huge loss. It must have been very, very difficult. And um, I hope you're getting good support. Sounds like you have been getting good support. So um, Elena says, I want to thank you for your coaching earlier this year on starting my retreat at the beach in New Zealand. I have meetings booked in January with a beautiful soul sister to set up a weekend workshop using art as a healing model. Thank you for your guidance. That is so awesome to hear, Elena. Congratulations to you. What a gorgeous place to do a retreat, New Zealand. And be sure to tell me how it goes, all right? I want to hear how it goes. I think that's fantastic. Okay. Um, let's see. I'm just looking here at your questions. Um, yeah, I love how... Um, we have wonderful people here who like to support people with questions. So those of you whose questions I address, make sure you go back and read through all the comments because there's people talking to you, giving you great feedback. Um, <laughs> Anne-Marie says, this is very funny. I used to hate to cry because it would clog my sinuses. Now I don't care and I feel so much better when I do. Yes, that's right. And just keep affirming, my sinuses love when I let go and cry. <laughs> Um, okay, so let's see. Uh, just looking, trying to go through here. Yeah. You're welcome, Vanessa. Um, Lisa says, my dog Poppy has been gone for four years. I'm still not able to heal. I can't seem to let her go. What do I do? It's a good question, Lisa. Here's what I would say to you. First of all, we don't let go of the people that we've loved or the pets that we've loved. We learn to integrate this new relationship into our lives in a new way, okay? So um, that said, if the grief still feels intense and raw on a regular basis, it tells me that that animal, that beautiful dog of yours, Poppy, also probably represents something really important to you. You know, I believe that our animals, some animals, not all, but some of the animals that we share our lives with are kind of soul animals and they hold qualities. It's almost like they come here to teach us about ourselves and to teach us how to develop certain qualities of character that, um, so that we can grow and evolve. If we're not aware of it, then sometimes we hold on to that animal because we're not supposed to let go just yet. There's something that they came to teach us that we haven't benefited from yet. And so 
I would encourage you, Lisa, to consider working with a good therapist. You might even want to consider a Jungian therapist, somebody who really appreciates the symbolic nature of um, our relationship to animals. You know, one of the things I've done in dealing with my grief about losing our cat Poupon is I really, in my therapy work with my therapist, I really looked at, you know, what did, what did Poupon come here to teach me? He was very independent. If he didn't want to be touched, you couldn't touch him. If he wanted to be by himself, he was going to be by himself. He learned to, he knew how to make it very clear that he wanted you with him or he didn't. He had really good boundaries. And he rested a lot. And he was um, sweet sometimes. And other times he was very just, you know, um, just independent. And there were certain qualities that he kind of mirrored for me that I needed to own more in myself and in my own life. And as I began to take back some of those projections, projecting my light onto him, I would say, as I began to take back some of those projections, it allowed me to move into a different kind of relationship with this animal I shared my life with. I, so I think it's something worthy. Uh, it's something worth all of us looking at, those of us who love animals and feel like we have a soul relationship with an animal. What's that animal come to teach you? And if you haven't seen or understood the lesson yet, they don't leave our consciousness. I mean, they don't leave our consciousness anyway, but there's a way in which that grief stays really, really present because we haven't mined for the gold yet. And that's something that I would just consider, Lisa. Um, and I hope that that's helpful. Um, okay, let's see. Um, yeah, Annette says, sometimes when, hold in, when I hold in grief and crying, it'll start when you're somewhere like the supermarket. Then it's hard to stop. Boy, is that true, Annette. And I don't know what it is about the supermarket. How many of you find that when you're grieving, something about being in the supermarket? I can't tell you. I remember being like near a can of peas and like something about the peas made me lose it. Um, I write in Waking Up in Winter when Debbie Ford died. I remember sitting in the car waiting for my husband to come out of a pharmacy and there were people walking back and forth in front of me and a song came on the radio and I just lost it, like spontaneously lost it and um, just sobbed, just sobbed. Or the night that I found out she passed, we were in a restaurant and I just sat in the restaurant. I couldn't stop crying. It's like I wanted to put a little sign on my shoulder that said, I just lost a soul sister. I'm grieving. You know, don't mind me. Just leave me alone and let me cry. Um, you know, I just say, Annette, as I said before, those we have loved and lost are worthy of our grief. And sometimes that grief means um, it's going to just show up when we least expect it. And I say, screw it. Let it come. Let it roll. Let, your, let the tears flow. That's what I would say. Um, oh, Susan, I'm so glad you're saying this. Susan said, I had the same experience. I went to a dog psychic. It helps so much. You need a good one that others recommend. Terry, do me a favor. Can you put Susan Darren? I just make a note, Susan Darren, D-E-R-E-N. She's an animal communicator that Michael and I saw after Poupon died. And I just found her to be incredibly nurturing and loving and helpful when I was um, really struggling, um, you know, in the early parts of my grief. And so because I've had an experience with her, I would recommend her and um, we'll post her website on here as well. Susan Darren, I'm pretty sure that's the spelling, Terry. If not, I will, um, I'll get it for you when we're done. Let's see. Um, oh, 
Jess says, any plans to come to Toronto? You're so sweet. You know, I don't have any plans, Jess, but you can consider coming to one of our retreats. You know, one of the things I do during our self-care retreats, they really are this kind of spontaneous gathering where we deal with what's in the room. And um, it's all about growth and evolution and raising our level of consciousness and good self-care and community and connection. The next one's in April. Um, I've invited Russ Hudson again, the expert on the Enneagram, because the Enneagram is an incredibly powerful tool. And um, I'll be posting more about that. But that's something, you know, um, Jess, if you ever want to you, you want to be in the same room together, come to one of the retreats. That would be really a wonderful way to do, way to um, spend some time together. It's really intimate. You know, we only have 50 to 60 people and it's really great. Um, let's see. Um, so let's see. Uh, just looking here at your, some of your, um, Brenda says, your book would be a good gift for me. I'm starting over at a 20-year job elimination. I have anxiety anyways, but I'm dealing with it and have gone through three medical coding classes and one more class, and I can test for CPC. I'm mad at myself for buying anything except for self-help books. I love your books and keep them by my bed. So you're mad at yourself for buying anything except self-help books. Okay. How come? Are you enjoying them? Why are you mad? Anyway, so Brenda, if you're telling me that Waking Up in Winter would be a good book for you, then I want you to send an email. I'm going to give you a little Christmas gift randomly here. Send an email to um, lisa at cherylrichardson.com, Brenda, for you, and I will send you Waking Up in Winter. How's that? There you go. Merry Christmas. Um, yes, Victoria says, could you put my son Lewis in your prayer book? He's recovering from severe pneumonia in the hospital going on the fifth day and he's only 24. God bless him. You got it, sweetheart, Victoria. You and Lewis are going in the book right now. I like to put both of you in because I know you need support too. This is a hard time, right? Okay, let's see. Um, let's see. Hi, mom. <laughs> My mom's here. Annie. Hi, mom. I'm so glad you're here. My mother loves animals, boy. Mom, I hope you didn't see the beginning of this because you're going to get this book <laughs> as a gift. So don't watch the beginning if you weren't here. I want it to be a surprise. Um, let's see. Yeah, Joanne, please look into therapy. Really important. If you go to um, Terry, can we put Psychology Today's website, Find a Therapist. They've got a great Find a Therapist. And you can find a therapist who specializes in treating anxiety, Joanne. Um, that would be that would be really, really great. Um, <clears throat> Maria says, how do I release expectations of myself and family and allow things to just be? Well, the fact that you're asking the question is a good start. <laughs> just recognizing, oh, I have expectations and they're not serving me for some reason because I expect certain things and then when they don't happen, I get really hurt or disappointed. Awareness is sometimes 50% of the battle, just noticing, okay, I have expectations and that aren't serving me and I need to um, shift it. And so what that might mean then, um, Maria, is every time you catch yourself having an expectation, you just say to yourself, sweetheart, better to just be open to surprise. Like literally talk to yourself that way, sweetheart, rather than having that expectation, let's just be open to surprise. 
Um, and let me be in charge of my own holiday experience. What do I want this holiday season? How do I want to spend my time? Um, what's going to make me feel good, happy, comfortable? And um, start there. Ha you can have expectations. Uh, I mean, you can define expectations through figuring out what it is you really want. And then gently allow yourself to have that or to figure out a way to have it or some form of it in some way, shape, or form. So, um, yeah, just release expectations gently. You know, anything we get mad at ourselves about, try to push away, like I shouldn't have any expectations. I need to just let them go. That's just a guarantee that they're going to stay right in place, firmly rooted in place. So instead, instead of having expectations of you being a certain way or doing a certain thing, get, let yourself off the hook. Talk to yourself. It's a very powerful self -care, method of self-care. Sweetheart, we're going to just release the expectations. We're going to be open to surprise. Even if that means we're just going to like chill for the holidays, so be it. Let's see what happens. Okay. Let's see. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Okay, so Becky says, you know, I really think you're ace, Cheryl Richardson. I don't know what that means. Um, the whole self-care, blah, blah. You know, sometimes it's just, is so outside of reality for most people. This is a middle-class option. Self-care feels like a luxury for people putting food on the table with sod. Oh, I'm losing you. This doesn't take away from your being brilliant. How can we reach people who, um, how can we reach people who can't get the inner work because the outer work is so intense? It's a really good question. And, you know, um, and I think, I'm so sorry. It just, stupid Facebook. I can't, I can't see, I couldn't see what your first name was again. I, I apologize. But it's a good question, you know, um, because sometimes people will say, oh gosh, you know, she's talking about first world problems. A lot of times I am. Um, and, you know, some people are just struggling to put food on the table. Well, I know what that's like. And um, the first thing I want to say is, it's so important to, um, to challenge our cynicism. You know, cynicism is a form of protection that I really respect and understand. I used to, I can still be very cynical about things, especially when I'm scared. Um, we need role models of people who have a better quality of life than we do so that we have something to believe in and move toward. Um, but if we're cynical about it, uh, then we rob ourselves of that inspiration, let's say. I remember Oprah telling the story of seeing Sidney Poitier uh, in a um, uh, limousine when she was a young woman, stepping out of a limousine. And, you know, I remember her saying that it was the first time she, she thought, my goodness, black people can actually be in a limousine? I mean, she was, she said, it really opened the world to her, opened a different kind of world to her. So, a lot of times um, it's very easy to just, well, let me also say this. I also know what it's like to struggle and to be really pissed about that and to be pissed at people who have what I didn't have. I really do. I, and, and I know that it can be scary when you're struggling to put food on the table or when you're struggling to pay your bills or when you can't have the kind of holiday you want. And I have such empathy for that. 
Um, and then I, all I can do is look back and say, what got me to where I am, to a beautiful home? And, you know, a lot of hard work. I remember specifically, I will never forget the day I was living on my own. I was sitting in my car. I was on my way to a therapy appointment. And I was trying to decide between, you know, the, the going to the groceries, like, could I really afford therapy or going to the grocery store? Now, um, you know, yes, I had money for food, but I just remember thinking I was struggling to pay my bills and I just decided therapy wasn't going to be a luxury. It was going to be a necessity. Now that's just me. And that's just one example. But the point is that we have to believe in ourselves. We have to believe in our own growth. We have to believe that more is possible, that a better quality of life is possible. And, um, and, and then those of us who commit to the work, the inner work, while dealing with the outer, you know, I was struggling with paying for my rent while still doing the healing work. So maybe I saw a therapist once a month um, until I could afford more uh, or every now and then until I could afford a more regular appointment. But those of us who are committed to the inner work, reading a book, go to the library and take out a book. It's really more about how committed are you to not buying into the belief that you are governed by forces outside of you. That's what I want to say. We can't confuse having no choice at all. Uh, we can't uh, uh, confuse tough choices with having no choice at all. So all of that said, I wish that I could see your post again. Um, Terry, if you know what her post, if you could repost, please repost so that I can hopefully see you here. Because um, then those of us who do reach the point where our outer lives, you know, we're not worried about, I'm not worried about putting food on the table anymore. Thank you, God. And I'm able to be supportive of other people. And I love giving gifts and I love being generous. And, and at this time in my life, you know, um, I really enjoy the opportunity to be far more philanthropic. And I think those of us who have more need to do more. I just, you know what? So that said, if I can find who you are here, if there's something I can send you that would support you, a book, a course, how about if I give you the year-long Art of Extreme Self-Care course? How about that? Online course, you can do it at your own pace. You can um, use, you can learn simple little ways to take better care of yourself while you're struggling to make ends meet. Um, one little change, 1% change over a year is huge at the end of a year. And I would be happy to give you that as a gift. So, um, so yeah, let's, well, let's say this because you're here and I can't find you. There's so many people posting, but if you could send me the woman who posted that, send an email to Lisa at Cheryl Richardson.com. I'll see who you are. I mean, I'll know who you are, and then I will give you the gift of the year-long Art of Extreme Self-Care course. And now then it's up to you, right? Then it's up to you to, um, to um, uh, take it and do something with it. Because that's the only thing that's going to make our lives better, is our own commitment to our growth. And, and again... That's not to say that I don't have a tremendous amount of empathy for what it's like. I deal with struggling people all the time, and I've been a struggling person. And um, if I can do it, you can too. And uh, there's plenty of people I know who can do it, uh, who have done it, coming from very, very difficult situations. So anyway, all right. I know it's getting late. I've been on longer than I usually am. Um, 
but let's just see. So let me say this again, I'm going to, we mentioned a lot of different resources here. My wonderful webmaster Terry is capturing them. I know. So when we're done here, I'm going to take some time to put it in a post and then just come back and revisit. You can see, um, you can see get links to anything we talked about. And um, the two people that I asked to send an email to Lisa, please make sure you do so I can send you your holiday gift. And also, by the way, um, Terry, let's do this. I don't know if you all know this. I hope that you get my weekly newsletter because those who get the newsletter know about everything first and foremost. Um, we have a good stuff giveaway list. There are thousands of people on this list. We give away um, books and products every single week as surprises to people on the list. Now, you might think, well, if there's thousands of people on the list, where I just sent out 15 books to people all over the world. I went through my library and we have, I have about 30 books and card decks from different countries. By the way, if you're from Romania or Poland, we're looking for, um, I have something in Romanian and Polish. <laughs> So please, if you are from those countries, send an email to Lisa at Cheryl Richardson and we'll go ahead and send you. Um, I've just been sending books and, and products all over the world in the language of those countries. So we're gonna put a link to the Good Stuff giveaway. Please put your name and um, address on that list. It's only used for the Good Stuff giveaway, nothing else. And every single week we pick one, sometimes more people. And I write a hand, handwritten note. I sign, you know, I autograph the book with a little note, send out some cards, you know, all kinds of fun things. So I would love for you to be on that list. It's my way of sharing the wealth, the knowledge that can help you to live a better life, can help you to um, move from struggling to, you know, thriving in life. That's what I want for all of you. That's why I do what I do and uh, makes me really happy. All right. That's it for this week's Facebook Live. Thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate when you're here and um, I will look forward to talking with you next week. I'll be back next week. So please make sure that you um, are subscribed to my newsletter at CherylRichardson.com. That's how you know about the Facebook Lives and anything else, any other fun thing we're doing. The retreat's going to get posted. The retreat's going to get posted soon too, so you'll learn about that. All right. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for being here. Lots of love, and um, no stress this week. Enjoy. Enjoy the week. Bye.